Welcome to the Enliven Beverage Deal Podcast, where we're all about saving and making you money by taking both the guesswork and the legwork out of your beverage partnership and by leveling the playing field when it comes to negotiating your beverage contracts. I'm your host, Tim Harms. We've got a great show for you today. Stay tuned. Well, today we are welcoming back to the podcast the Mr. Martin Strobel, airport practice area leader here at Enliven. Hi, Martin. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's always a pleasure. You doing all right today? I am. What about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Well, today uh, we are talking about vending. You know, we do beverage deals day in and day out. Uh, People think about the fountain machines. People think about uh, the bottles and cans and the coolers and the promotions and the the menus. They think about all sorts of different things. But oftentimes, vending can be an afterthought to the beverage deal. And uh, you're here to tell us that's a mistake. It shouldn't be an afterthought. Um, And I guess the first thing I would just ask you, when I think about vending... It can be old, it can be dirty, it can be filled with unhealthy products. Uh, Not an appetizing, great picture comes to mind. So can you just even start by saying, why in the world would you think that we should be thinking about vending and we want actually more vending? No, it's a great question. And the easy answer is your customers want it. Uh, You know, whether you're a hospital, an airport, uh, or another premier property, When you look at vending, uh, most people have the thought that it is the older machines that are never full, uh, that always take people's money and never give the right change, has uh, the technology and the the look and feel hasn't been enhanced so much over the past really five to ten years. It's just a, a different product offering. But if you as a premier property don't have vending, you are not providing uh, your customers really what they're looking for because there is a segment of customers who prefer vending rather than uh, some of the other ways in which they get their products. Uh, can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, how does, how does vending actually make, meet the consumer demand? So there, there are a couple of different ways when we look at vending uh, that, mm-hmm. that customers really lean in towards that. Um, the first is is that it's open 24-7. So, for instance, at an airport um, for uh, flights that are late arriving uh, when most or all merchants are closed uh, for uh, you know, business travelers or families on leisure vacations who are trying to get you know, a drink or a snack before they head to the hotel, um, vending oftentimes is the only place that they can get that. So for those types of customers late at night uh, with maybe a a young child who's hungry that needs Mm -hmm. a snack, um, that is an oasis for them when they see a a vending machine uh, or a a set of vending units uh, from which they can get uh, something to to meet that need. The second is, is, and and I always think about this with airports, um, but when you have inclement weather, you know, a couple of things happen. One, Mm -hmm. you've got stranded passengers. But the second is, is you also have employees who can't get to the airport. Uh, You have Mm -hmm. uh, manufacturers who can't get their products to the airport. So oftentimes, especially with with long-term or or inclement weather that lasts a day or more, you're running short of employees, and then you also begin to run short of uh, snacks and beverages and things like that. And so your vending can give uh, 
can give a really can augment all the the merchant sales that happen during that. So during inclement weather, vending uh, can also be, and I use the word oasis, but it can also be an oasis for folks who are looking for, uh, you know, a drink or some sustenance during that time. Um, and then the the second or the third thing is when I mentioned that there's a customer segment that likes vending. And they often like it more than either a cafeteria setting in a college or university um, or, uh, you know, going into a, a news and gift outlet in an airport. And I kind of organize those into three groups. There's one group, especially, and these are especially international travelers, who there is either a language barrier that they're apprehensive mm-hmm. about or there is, yep. they don't have the right um, currency at that point. And so they're nervous about going in to, to purchase a drink at a news and gift. And so oftentimes they'll see vending uh, as a place where they can go, take their time. They're not rushed. They're not holding up other people. Uh, and they will uh, uh, go to that vending machine. The second is, is there's a group that are just in a hurry. And they may walk mm-hmm. by, um, you know, a, uh, a news and gift outlet or a restaurant that has a long line because they just don't have time. Or kind of like me, just don't want to wait in a line. But if they go Mm -hmm. to a vending area, then it's, you know, they see there's no line. They know uh, intuitively how much time that uh, transaction will take, and they will go to that vending piece. And then more recently, what we've seen is Mm -hmm. that with uh, COVID, uh, that more and more people are trying to socially distance. And so that group will go to a vending machine um, wipe it down, uh, but they would rather order from that vending machine uh, or get their product from that vending machine rather than, you know, standing in line uh, at a news mm-hmm. and gift or sitting down at a restaurant. So those are some yeah. ways that, that that's really, uh, that customers choose or want a vending uh, when they visit a premier property. Yeah, no, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I mean, I think uh, when my wife delivered our first child in the hospital, uh, it was late at night by the time kind of the commotion uh, settled and people left and we were kind of, you know, just caught our breath a bit and then <laughs> realized it was late and we needed some food and the cafeteria was closed. And so our only option at that point, you know, <laughs> after my wife just delivered a baby, uh, you know, she wants some food. Uh, we just had to go and 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 get it from the vending machine because nothing else was open. Had that vending machine not been there. You know, we wouldn't have any other options. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, that's, first of all, that's a great example. I had a similar one when we were in Disneyland. So kids are hungry. We don't have snacks. Um, the lines are long. <laughs> yeah. And we were looking for just a snack and a beverage just to kind of get us through the last hour or two of that day. And, you know, the vending was there and it was open. And it was quick and easy. Um, and I think what people mm-hmm. forget is when they think, great hospitality companies, they think of service or full service, but oftentimes uh, great hospitality companies uh, provide great service by allowing uh, patrons to do self-service because, you know, while people might complain about a waiter Mm -hmm. or a waitress or somebody working in the cafeteria, rarely do people ever complain about their own service that they give themselves. So that's why, you know, you see um, people like the vending uh, and and it's a you know typically a quick and easy way for them to get exactly what they're looking for. Well, that's that's great. I mean, so reason number one why you focus on uh, vending is to meet the needs of the customer. 
I mean, your customers want it. I mean, you, sure. you know, the management teams that I speak with that are either poo-poo or say, ah, vending's not right for our, you know, property. Yes. You know, for the most part, what they're talking about is not the customer, but it's themselves. It's, I don't want to see, you know, that quote-unquote, as you said, dirty vending that's always mm-hmm. empty, that's never working, you know, next to all these nice restaurants or sure. cafeterias that I have. And it's just, it's, it's, they're missing kind of what, I don't say what the purpose is, but the purpose is, is to, to meet the needs of the customer. And, and that's what the customer wants. Yeah. So can you, can you dive in a little bit on that dirty piece or the, you know, the visual aesthetic piece? Because I think I've seen you do some interesting stuff for some of our clients. And um, certainly, you know, we've all seen that dirty vending machine, but I don't think that has to be the standard. Can you talk a little bit about how you address that concern? Yeah. So what we've started to do is encourage uh, beverage companies and premier properties, whether hospital, college, university, airport, whomever that is, is to look at the vending um, as as a help to the aesthetic look and feel of, of and I'll, I'll use airports since that's what I'm most familiar with. So the aesthetic look and feel of the airport. And typically the way that we'll do that is by enclosing uh, the vending in, in what we call an enclosure. So we enclose it in an enclosure. Uh, but these enclosures are, they're vibrant, uh, they're colorful, uh, and they uh, match the look and feel of the airport so that um, it helps, you know, uh, in as the traveler's going through the airport, it, it just feels like it's part of the airport. Now, airports really look for a sense of place. Um, you know, we're here in Nashville, Nashville is Music City. You see that throughout the airport. They do a great job of, of, you know, giving that sense of place. And that's what we tend to do with the vending, too. You want the vending to show a sense of place uh, as, as they walk through an airport. And, I mean, what we've seen, because enclosures are expensive, they do look better. Uh, everybody feels good about them. But what we've also seen is that when we added these enclosures, we got a 22% increase in gross sales from the vending machines. <laughs> yeah, it was really interesting. It was uh, We ran a study. Wow. Uh, it was the first ever study that, was, yeah. that looked just at the impact of enclosures on mm-hmm. vending. Uh, we did it at the Philadelphia International Airport. And mm-hmm. we took uh, <laughs> about half of their vending units. Um, and we put enclosures around them, and then we used the other half as a control group. And so we did sales 90-day pre-enclosures uh, and then 90-day after enclosures. And the, uh, the sales of actually sales, vending sales increased in both groups, uh, but they increased 22%. Oh, the, the group with, that we enclosed, uh, their sales increased to 22% over what the uh, control group did. So, I mean, and, and it, when you see them, you know, it's almost one of those, well, of course it would, you know, because they're, they're, they're clean. They look nice. They're inviting. They, um, you know, they go from vending to, you know, to self-attended retail. You know, it's really a, it's a much better experience uh, for the customer. And at the same time, it's generating a ton of money for, uh, for, the, pre- for the property. Yeah. And if you're listening and you're not familiar with 
the beverage industry and growing incidence rate, growing attachment rate, growing sales in the beverage channel, a 22% lift is unheard of. I mean, it is huge to think about increasing, you know, beverage incidence at a, at a fast food restaurant or a concessions. 22% is just unreal. So uh, uh, that is a huge financial lift. Well, and it, it goes to the second reason that people should have vending. So the first is your customers want it. The second is it'll generate a lot of money for your organization. So whether um, you're an airport, whether you are a hotel, whether you're college and university, um, you know, even some restaurants, theme parks, uh, movie theaters, premier properties typically have and need to have vending to appease their customers, to fulfill that need, but also they're leaving money on the table if they don't. So, you know, we have seen uh, the largest airports who have embraced vending have generated literally millions of dollars a year in vending commissions from their partner beverage company. Airports with whom we've worked, large airports, are generating several hundred thousand dollars a year in vending. And even smaller airports can generate tens of thousands of dollars in vending commissions. And this is the best part, is they don't have to do anything. Both Coke and Pepsi take care of the entire program. So Coke and Pepsi will come in, they'll pay for the vending machines, they, pay, they place the vending machines, they will uh, service the vending machines, they'll put the product in the vending machines, and then at the end of the month, you get a commission check. And so I hate to say it's almost a no-brainer, but if you can appease the customer, if you can make them look good on your property, and it's generating incremental revenue, it almost becomes a no-brainer for you. Yeah, what do you say? I mean, you talk about increasing sales and revenue. That all sounds great. You know, for the person listening who they're thinking about their property and they outsource their concessions or they outsource their cafeteria, uh, to a strategic partner, and they're really worried about vending cannibalizing sales, and they don't want to do this on the backs of their strategic partners. What would you say to that person? I'd say it doesn't. They wouldn't believe me, but I would say it doesn't. Uh, and what I would use is try to give them a little data, you know, to, to back it up. Um, mm-hmm. And I use a for instance. Um, one of our uh, largest airport clients um, does not have any vending post-security, which is typically where most of the uh, concessionaires are, concessionaires and merchants are. So what we've done is we've placed about 50 machines pre-security. And so that's garages, employee lots, cell phone lots, some ticketing areas and things like that. Sounds like a lot, but it's really usually you have two machines uh, in a location or three machines in a location. So you're really talking about 15 locations or so. Um, so, But what we've, we've seen is the sales for the merchants kept increasing uh, once this vending was put in pre-security because, you know, people just, it just didn't impact them. But the vending machines still generated uh, several hundred thousand, I can't tell you how much, but several hundred thousand dollars for this airport. And that's just, it's just incremental sales, and it's sitting there Mm -hmm. uh, for virtually any airport, you know, or hospital or um, 
um, you know, any other property that would would want uh, to take advantage of it. I mean, it, and all of these programs are flexible. So for a hospital per mm-hmm. se that doesn't want vending near the cafeteria, okay, don't put it near the cafeteria. You know, mm-hmm. put it away uh, from the cafeteria right. where your customers can still get to it and your customers want it, uh, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. know it doesn't impact that cafeteria cell. Yeah. I mean, it it just is, it's a very, I don't say easy, because there are some hurdles to it in terms of, you know, making sure electricity mm-hmm. is available. And, and and really the big hurdle is just getting the management team to say, yeah, vending's okay. And once you're there, sure. um, it's just, I don't say it's just collecting money, but it, it is, it's very good, steady money for a property. That's right. Well, we've seen some clients do studies on their cafeterias and various properties that they own and and figure out they're actually operating those cafeterias at a loss during certain hours of the day. And so if they could meet that need for the customer with a vending machine for, you know, for the, the, the small amount of people that, that need food during that hour, actually that's a plus to their strategic partner because they're not operating, they're not having to pay, you know, people when the revenues cannot coming in. Yeah, and get, just to, to piggyback on that, with two things. First of all, we're doing a study uh, at the Raleigh-Durham International Airport right now that will look at impact of vending on area concessions. And everything we do is very data-driven, just like I talked about the Philly Philadelphia um, piece. You know, we're looking at the data 90 days before, 90 days after. We're running a control group. We're trying to, to take as much noise out of it as, as we can. And so we'll be able to at least have some data that we can look at that says, this is the program we did, or this is the, the, the time frame in which we did it, and this is the impact that we see. But the other thing that, that you said that, that, that I wanted to, to touch on is just about every property has limitations in terms of space and traffic. So when we talk about limitations in space, you can't put a news and gift outlet anywhere you want to in an airport. You know, you, you can't add a cafeteria anywhere you want to in a hospital. You know, there's space limitations to that and being able to do that. But with vending, because it takes up such a small footprint, you can put it anywhere. So you can work within mm-hmm. a lot of space limitations. And then the second, and you hit it mm-hmm. perfectly, is that traffic. You know, there may be some places in a college or university that people right. just don't go to that much. But, man, when they're there, they want a beverage or a snack. And if you can put vending there to meet that need, it makes your customer happier. And that's the same thing you're talking about with uh, hospitals. And we see it in airports. You know, it's not, you know, the end of Terminal F is not a good place for a news and gift unit. You just can't run it profitably. But you know what? Mm-hmm. There are what we call gate huggers, the people who go to their gate and will sit there for an hour because they don't want to miss their plane, even though their plane doesn't leave mm-hmm. for a while. But they're going to sit right. there, <laughs> and if you had a vending machine there, you're going to make money off of their stay there. Yeah. Do you do you have any, like, kind of going to the last objection that I've, I've heard, and I kind of threw at the beginning of this, the unhealthy product angle, uh, uh, you know, plastering a property with, Big red or big blue or big sugar soda companies. Uh, do you have any uh, either anecdotally or real data about 
the um, the mix of volume that goes through, and and how could you use the vending program to to promote wellness? Yeah, it it's a great question. I would say the first misconception is when people look at the beverage companies as uh, soda companies, because right now bottled water, bottled coffees, teas, all of those products are selling more and more than the the traditional carbonated soft drinks. So, for instance, at an airport, 50 to 60% of what is sold is going to be water, typically bottled water. And then only about 15% is that carbonated soft drink. So when it comes to vending, what's in the vending machines reflects that. So when you go through an, an airport in particular and you look at a vending machine, you might see a whole vending machine and every product in it is a bottle of water. Now, it might be you know, a, a base water like Aquafina or Dasani and then a premium water like a Dasani or a, or a smart water or a, a um, life water uh, or even a premium waters, but it'll be full of that water because that's what the customers want. So... Vending is going to reflect what customers want, but then there's also an opportunity for uh, organizations to nudge travel or nudge customers, travelers, and the business that I'm, I work mostly in, but to nudge people towards healthier options. And both beverage companies have platforms through which they do that. Um, and I'll just use a, a for instance: uh, Pepsi has a vending platform called Hello Goodness. And there are certain uh, dietary restrictions uh, in terms of calories and sugar content for products that can go in those uh, specific Hello Goodness vending machines. And so one of our airport clients uh, wants to nudge their, uh, nudge travelers and employees towards healthier choices. And they've chosen to uh, put this Hello Goodness platform in a couple of places in the airport and Candidly, what's that? What that has done is, instead of people maybe going to um, a vending machine and grabbing, you know, a Pepsi, a Mountain Dew, a Coca Cola, they are now looking towards, uh, you know, a no calorie tea or a zero calorie Gatorade or a, a you know, a, a, a Pepsi a zero sugar or a Coke zero sugar, things like those. That's 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 exactly right. When people think about vending, they may <laughs> their, their perception may be a decade or more old. Um, to what is actually being offered and what's actually possible now. And I guess that leads me to the last question that I have. Um, you spoke a lot about what a vending program means today and what a modern vending program can look like. When you take that out a bit and look into the future, you know, what, where do you see vending going in the future? What, where do the trends point uh, from here? It, it, First of all, it's a great question. Um, the When I look at vending going forward, um, I look at the different equipment that's being used um, and then also how connected society is becoming. Mm-hmm. So in terms of the equipment, you know, first of all, the equipment that is used today is so much uh, further advanced than it was even five years ago. And that's in terms of sustainability uh, in terms of emissions and power usage. Um, it's in terms of t- telemetry. So uh, with every vending machine that we are, are 
part of installing, they all have telemetry, which means that vending machine talks to uh, central headquarters and says, hey, I'm out of this product. Have somebody come and deliver a product to us. Um, so those things are happening right now um, you know, in the marketplace. Video boards that help uh, uh, to sell, to, that run advertisements, that help to sell products through these vending machines. So it's that, that great equipment's here. The next step is really it's here, but it's in a prototype. Well, it's even a little bit further along than a prototype. But it's the unattended retail that you see at an Amazon store, mm-hmm. uh, which had been placed in a couple of airports. And so mm-hmm. what you have is you know, a news and gift outlet where people are walking in and they are picking up a beverage or a snack and they're walking out, and it's automatically being charged to their uh, credit card, and that's mm. you know through a, a, a lot of different technologies that that Amazon is putting in place. But that you know that's that's unatt- I mean they call it unattended retail. Well, that's vending. <laughs> you know, it's just a bigger vending machine. It's an eight hundred foot <laughs> uh, square foot store. But that is where you're going to start mm. to see vending going. And we've, you know, we've seen that in some of the, yeah, well, we've seen it with some of the products that you have uh, in vending machines. You know, we've always, I've always thought of vending as being, you know, stale donuts and, you know, mm-hmm. month old candy and, you know, uh, sugar sodas. But in a lot of vending machines, what you're seeing now are fresh made salads, fresh made sandwiches, all of this, uh, you know, as the customers desire it healthier choices that they can get on the go. So when Mm -hmm. I talked a little bit earlier about, you know, you've got some people that are just in a hurry or just don't want to wait in a line, they go buy a vending machine that has, you know, fresh salad uh, or a, you know, a sandwich made that day. They'll grab that versus going into a restaurant. And if you don't have the vending machine, you're not going to get that sale. So, I mean, so there's a lot of evolution in, in the equipment that's going on now. And then the other, just how connected we are through uh, beacons, uh, through crowdsourcing, uh, through their use of apps. What you're starting to see is these uh, vending machines are, rather than waiting the custom, for the customer to walk to them, they're going to start calling out to the customer. You know, and whether that is through a promotion that Coca-Cola may do that says, you know, buy this product from this vending machine and we give you so many Coke points or some other type of incentive that's used, um, hmm. we're going to see more and more of that where the vending machines uh, really are used as a communication tool by the company to reach their customers. Great. I look forward to it. <laughs> we'll see if that comes true. Yeah. Um, well, before we wrap up, and thank you, this has been such a, a wealth of information. I mean, is there anything else that you'd like to leave with our listeners? The one thing I would say is vending is an art, and it is also a science. And when you start to look at vending, um, get somebody who does it to help you. And we'd love to. (laughs) Obviously, that's our business, and we think we're pretty good at it. Um, But get someone to help you because the results that I'm talking about are based on years of analysis and data that we've compiled in order to get uh, to kind of get to where we are and what we think is a best practice. Because it does matter where you place the machine. And it does matter what the enclosure looks like and the look and feel of that. And the product 
mix matters. Whether the machine stays full matters. Whether or not you have the right payment methods is critical. The pricing, the retail pricing of the products, is it competitive with uh, your merchants, but is it too high or too low? Mm -hmm. We've got vending pricing from across the country, so we know, depending upon what channel you're in or industry you're in, what the average vending pricing is. And so if you, if you don't focus on those key pieces, then you might have a vending program and, and it'll be good, but unless you're really checking each of those boxes, uh, sure. it may not be best in class and you just won't see the results that you're looking for. Right, right. Well, Martin, thank you. This has been a lot of uh, information to take in. Super knowledgeable about vending. Appreciate you helping dispel some myths today. Who would have thunk, right? You could spend <laughs> this much time talking about vending machines. That's right. There's always uh, always some interesting angles to explore. I just get curious about things. Yeah. And so this, for me, has been something that you just get curious about and you dig in and, well, what if we you know, change the product mix this way? How does that affect it? And because you get real-time results from a vending machine because of the telemetry that's going on, mm-hmm. you can really do some neat testing with it. So anyway, it's, I probably have a little bit more fun with it than I should. <laughs> you can, I mean, it's surprising how much, how much revenue it can generate. You have no idea. So it's, it's worth it, too. It's a worthwhile exercise. Yeah, and just to toot our own horn, um, what we've seen is with a smaller airport with whom we've worked, uh, we were able to triple the revenue that they earned. Uh, and when, for one of our bigger uh, airport clients, uh, we've almost quadrupled it. Wow. So, and that is, you know, that is just dollars to the bottom line. Wow. And and it's it's a lot of money. And you know, people who were maybe skeptical of uh, vending at those airports, they just love it now because they're getting that cash, which helps them keep people employed. Their customers are happier, mm-hmm. uh, and they look nice. Mm-hmm. Well, that seems like a great place to to end and wrap this up. Uh, Thank you, Martin. Uh, And uh, if you need any help with your vending program, of course, give us a call. Love to help. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening in. Hope you found that informative. If you have a burning question about your beverage negotiation or partnership, we'd love to hear from you and answer it on this podcast. Reach out to us by emailing podcast at enlivenpartnership.com. And hey, before we sign off, I want to remind you that you can take both the guesswork and the legwork out of your beverage partnership. You can level the playing field in your beverage negotiations. And you can save or make your company millions through a new or an improved beverage agreement. The first step is a free beverage opportunity analysis, which will tell you just how much you can save or you can make. Sign up for your free beverage opportunity analysis at enlivenpartnership.com and by clicking free savings estimate. On behalf of everyone here at Enliven, thanks for listening in. Thanks for listening in.